Welcome back to the Multimedia Storage Cabinet Oddlings. I'm Serafina. And I'm Eri. And I'm Abby. And today the movie I am feeling like is going to be the Sarah-ing because I'm slowly going crazy and I wish I was in a hotel that wasn't here. I, I agree with that. Um, mine is Demise of the Infected Puddle from Beyond the Sun um, because my entire life is infected and it seems like it's from Beyond the Sun. True. And uh, today I'm feeling like drag queens in space were coming to convert your children conservatives. Run and hide. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> a movie I would plus press play on that's for damn sure. <laughs> Let's go. So scary. So scary. The real horror. The real horror in real life. <laughs> All right. So today we are talking about the movie Heathers. This movie is rated 7.3 on IMBD, but to me, it's an 11 out of 10. I have seen this movie hundreds of times. It genuinely shaped me as a teenager who struggled with depression. But before I get all sappy, what did you guys think of it? You want to go first here? Yeah, sure. Um, I This movie is uh, meat and taters to me of the uh, <laughs> horror genre. Uh, we wouldn't have Mean Girls or Scream or any like, mm -hmm. t honestly, Jennifer's Body either. Any of the like teenage yeah. uh, style movies without Heathers. We also wouldn't have like Juno. Either. Literally like an entire genre and subgenre of horror and not horror, um, you know, is exists because of this movie. So. 100%. Uh, I would rate it like an 8.5 out of 10. Like, I didn't know what to expect going into it. And then I was really surprised by like the like modern modernness of like some of the humor, like how some of the humor mm -hmm. from 1988 is the exact same in 2022. Like it just has yeah. not changed. And so like I kept looking it up. I was like, there's no way this is this had to be made in like 2010. And it was just shot to look like an 80s movie. But like, no, mm -hmm. it was uh, but it's great. I, I, yeah. I thought the plot was fascinating. I thought it was well executed. I loved a lot of the characters. The jokes were hysterical. I had a really great time watching it. Good, especially for someone who's never seen it. I definitely think it is also interesting to look at the people who were teenagers when this movie came out were also like the parents of our generation and like Gen Z. Mm -hmm. um, and I think like that's why the humor still feels so modern is because like we were kind of raised with some parents who like kind of did like the same like self depreciating jokes or like too like aware kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think that really shows. Also, I made this joke in another episode, but 1989, the Heathers and Taylor Swift, they really popped off that year. Yes, <laughs> Taylor, I love you so much. Like, just 1989 is really doing it right. So as we do at the beginning of these episodes, I wanted to rate uh, the top and the bottom ratings for this movie yes um the first one is uh, the lowest rated which is kind of funny to me it's kind of long but anyway this is by bobby lee bay um in july of 2019 and he wrote this is rated 7.3 are you freaking kidding this movie is just horrible boring stupid completely void of entertainment and yet it's rated 7.3 i grew up in the 80s huge fan of 80s classic movies this is not one of them here's the offer imbd idbm uh, well he wrote that wrong <laughs> he wrote okay anyway i am pretty much the best raider of movies i know what people like and i genuinely know crapola when i view it i can smell it coming bottom line you pay me 4 4k a month and i will edit and erase all the bs ratings that mislead honest innocent folks 4k a month isn't going to make me a millionaire however i can live comfortably on that salary and make a positive impact on the world let's do this america deserves honest ratings oh my god <laughs> not the business pitch america <laughs> deserves honest ratings this man oh is he's out to save us all he, he really is. is i mean listen if, if, if anyone knows culture it's bobby lee bay let me tell you <laughs> Also, I want to say, if you go on this, there's only a few, um, like only a few one star ratings. Like there's some twos and threes, but this is one of like four one star ratings. So like he's not even in the majority kind of. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think, um, what did he, what did he call them? I, IDMB, um, 
or I maybe I don't think that uh, they hit him up on that. No, just a guess. Very yeah, very doubtful. Just a guess. So now let's go to um, one that's way shorter, just a top 10 out of 10, um, who wrote, How very abiding satire of the John Hughes movies of the 80s, teenagers and how high schoolers mimic adult society in the form of cliques. I know not everyone will like this movie, but if you're going to criticize it, understand what you're criticizing, Bobby Lee Bay. <laughs> <laughs> They called him out. They literally told him to fuck up. I love it. It was so wonderful. I, I had to share those two because not often do you find the girls fighting in, you know, on the in comments. The comments. So yeah, I really love that. So going forward, I do want to do a trigger warning. I know we typically have horror movies and like they're full of the bad things in life. But this movie is kind of dark and deep in ways that aren't just like slasher horror films. Um, so I do want to trigger like suicide, eating disorders, sexual assault, basically anything plaguing your local high school is in this movie, plus murder. Plus so murder. just like tread lightly, you know. Um, also, as we do, please watch this movie before you hang out with us here. It does help. But if you if, haven't watched this movie, um, you're allowed to get spoiled because it came out yeah. in the fucking 80s. So, hey, yeah. I mean, like, I just saw it yesterday. So, I mean, would hey. you have been upset if you got spoiled, though? Like, you can't be oh, upset. Oh, God, no, not at all. No, 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 exactly. Yeah, it's not necessarily spoilers, but I mean, we basically go over every scene. So, you're gonna, <laughs> I do leave a little in there, but anyway. So, starting off, there are six main characters in this. Veronica Sawyer is the main, who is played by Winona Ryder, our queen. Uh, she was only 16 at the time, which, in my opinion, is like really young for this film. But I mean, it was the 80s. I guess no one really cared. Um, but it is a high schooler playing a high schooler. And she does come across very genuine in this. Like at points, you're like, that is definitely a 16 year old. Yep. And um, it's just a lot to look at. Um, we have JD, who is played by Christian Slater. Uh, who is only just under two years older than Winoa. Winoa. <laughs> I wrote it like Winoa. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, she, he's only two years older than her, which is nice. So like no problematic age gap there, which I appreciate considering she was so young. Like I really was afraid I was going to Google this and he was like 21 or something. Um, but he had like just turned 18 at the time and she was yeah, like almost about to be 17. Now that makes me feel bad for finding him hot. Why? He was an adult. I know. Go on. Continue. It's, it's all right. <laughs> I first watched this movie when I was 15, so I legally feel like I'm fine to be like, dude, it was smoking in this movie. <laughs> Just straight up. Um, and then there's the three Heathers. The red Heather is played by Kim Walker. The green Heather is played by Shannon Doherty. And the yellow Heather is played by Lisanne Falk. I give them colors because this movie is about a group of four teenage girls the popular clique in which they're all named Heather until they brought in Veronica. Each Heather has a color associated with her. So if you have listened to our Four Humors podcast, you know that this is kind of common in media. Uh, most act I could say is like Hogwarts houses because people kind of know them, even though fuck JK. Um, red, the leader, green, the snake, yellow, the bubbly dits, for lack of a better term, and blue, the smart one. These are all super basic terms, but that's the gist. Also, I tried to summarize the movie as much as I could. So that way, if you haven't watched the movie, you can hang out with us and joke. But you can still watch it again and have jokes and tidbits that will surprise you. A lot of this will just be me repeating dialogue because it's all iconic. Like every single part of this is iconic. Um, every line is like a T-shirt or a Twitter bio line. It's just funny and dark from start to front. The opening scene shows us a beautiful backyard with the Heathers playing croquet. That is a huge thing in this movie. It will come around time and time again. These girls start trampling the landscaping. They hit each ball, showing their own personalities with these colors, and it hits right off the top of Veronica's head. What I a was dream. very confused, but okay, so it was a dream. Okay. It's a dream, yeah. I love the color coordination in that scene. It's so wonderful. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, Red Heather is stunning. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kim in this she just looks like angelic and i just every time she comes up on screen i'm like yes queen go off 
So we cut to real life and Veronica is then seen journaling in the school hallway. She's writing furiously as she recalls an interaction with Red Heather, who says real life sucks losers dry. You want to fuck with the Eagles, you got to learn to fly. Which love it. it. And just from the get go, you're aware Red Red Heather, she is the leader. And she's not fucking around. She's not fucking around at all. Uh, She's then rammed into by Yellow Heather and she screams, what's your damage, Heather? Which is hilarious. My stepmother's name is Heather, so I say it all the time. Um, And Yellow Heather says, don't blame me, blame Heather. She told me to haul your ass to the calf pronto. Back me up, Heather, pointing pointing to the green Heather. See why I gave y'all colors now? It's too many Heathers. (laughs) Like, I get that's (laughs) the name of the movie. It's just so many Heathers. I agreed. Um, two very important concepts are laid in this next scene. One, the high school cafe in suburban Ohio is the watering hole of the jungle. Very mean girls. That's where I think they got the concept from. Mm-hmm. And two, Veronica can copy anyone's handwriting, which is a very useful skill if your chosen career path is a life of crime. Sure, sure, sure. So Red Heather asks Veronica to forge what she calls a hot and heavy note from Kurt to Martha dump truck. That may be really sad. It It is very sad. To which Veronica tells her she has nothing against Martha Dunstock, which is her real name, and she's not interested. Heather then says, it'll be so very, which the amount of times they say so very in this movie gets me every time. And Veronica's like, I don't know. I'll think about it. And Red Heather simply looks at her and states, don't think. (laughs) <laughs> which like qu- like queen she knows she knows how to use her subjects yeah and oh, let yeah. me tell you something about martha she's very butch coded and she's iconic mm-hmm. um and she deserves way better than kurt uh you know that's just how i feel <laughs> so they flash huh i said i thought he was pretty cute no why did i know you're gonna say that bro the jocks every time and it's like, who i am jocks. as a person when i saw the whole football table i was like oh <laughs> yeah, like, it's who i am as a human he just wants to get degraded by the worst people in america it's fine literally me in a frat house that's the dream so they flash over to him and his dumb friend uh whose name's ram which is really hilarious who also looks like he could be josh peck's father yes <laughs> every time i watch it i'm like is that josh peck i'm like no this is an 89 like he, they <laughs> look so similar yeah um and of course they're being dumb jocks and they are talking about how much fun it would be to be in like a heather sandwich basically mm-hmm. um so you know they're typecast average media letterman jocks but but are they wrong um, mm. no okay anyways Anyway, um, you say, are they wrong in a place of you appreciate them? They just want to degrade them. And that's what you want anyway. Um, So anyway, Veronica ends up writing the fake note to Martha and they slide it on her lunch tray. Another iconic concept is introduced in this scene, which is the lunchtime poll. You see the Heathers run this shit. The social circles, the social, the school paper, big fishes, little pond is the vibe. And they come up with the poll question. If you win $5 million and aliens show up and you had two days to live, what would you do? And they talk to everyone. Well, almost everyone. You know, we can't talk to the nerds around here. And Veronica brings this up. And then Red Heather drops the hardest bar of the 1980s. Well, fuck me gently with a chainsaw. Uh, Do I look like Mother Teresa? That's in my favorite <laughs> quotes for the end of the show. Yeah, it's, it's good. So good. It's so good. I actually used to have like a sticker that said that on like my, like my laptop. Every like I've. Ugh, I want I that on that a t-shirt. Yeah, it's so good. Um, so this scene gives us the opportunity to see the hierarchy for what it really is like other people don't like the heathers even the other popular kids the heathers don't like them they all pretend to be friendly it's high school life is terrible veronica asks her does it bother you that they think you're a piranha and she says absolutely not they all want me as a friend or a fuck i'm worshipped at this school and i'm only a junior we love a humble queen fantastic delivery and what's crazy is she's right i mean she she was speaking straight facts Meanwhile, while all this is going on, we're watching Martha read this note 
And it also flashes to the hottest rom-com villain observing it all from the other corner across the calf. JK, a.k.a. P. Christian Slater, circa 1989, homie, could get it. Jason fucking Dean. Yeah, could get it. The jawline, the haircut, everything. The smile, the voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's I can't I just I can't even get into it. Um, This man, he do be a pocket king, but he is stunning. (laughs) He is absolutely stunning. So they do a montage of everyone answering the question. And then we see Martha get up and start walking to Kurt and hands him the note. And then Kurt embarrasses the hell out of her. The popular kids laugh. It's a nightmare. Truly. It's just absolutely awful. I hate it. I hate it so much. It Mm -hmm. it made me feel like really like it actually really made me sad. I know I'm like, I'm like, I'm really sensitive about those kind of things, but it actually made me me sad. (laughs) Well, and what's interesting is like in the movie, like when JD's character is like kind of like put into a moral place because he and Veronica meet eyes and he's like damn shorty you let me down with that one for real <laughs> yeah yeah so then after this there's this iconic 80s bathroom scene in which Green Heather asks for help to throw up because she's bulimic and we really already see the cracks in this dynamic of the Heathers. Red Heather is so fucking rude to her um, she at one point says come on Heather bulimia is so 87 yeah, which is like wild. And Veronica is the only one that's like, maybe you should see a doctor and <laughs> grow up, Heather. Bulimia is so 87. <laughs> like, what in the fuck? <laughs> Can you imagine? Anyway, Veronica then makes her way over to Jason Dean's uh, table using the lunchtime poll as an intro. He asks if she's a Heather and she's like, no, I'm a Veronica, which is like a really funny way to talk about. No, I'm a Veronica. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tight. Uh, the jocks are talking amongst themselves and they're like, why would Veronica talk to that guy? Who does he think he is? But JD, um, he's he's not like other guys, you know, he's deep. And and he gives her this answer that he'd row out to the middle of the lake and take his saxophone and some Bach. And that wins her over big time panties on the floor. He's deep. And, uh, he's got a trench coat. He's ready to party. Yeah, exactly. May I say what my thought was in this scene? Yes. So I wrote James Dean. Who the fuck is Chip? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Because <laughs> I don't give a damn about Chip anymore. I have my, I have my new focus. Jason I feel who is Chip? I feel so validated in that because you're like, Chip's so hot. And I'm like, if Jason Dean is out there living in, in the canon. I don't know who Chip is, man. Chip who? <laughs> Who exactly? Who's that? I don't even know. So anyway, Veronica says, how very in a swoony way this time. And then she's dragged away by Red Heather, who's said a shit at her for talking to this guy. And the jocks then decide to give JD a good scare and do like a good old like 80s bully routine, which is my favorite scene. Um, Well, one of my favorite scenes, but. So Kurt walks over to him and is like, hey, Ram, doesn't this cafeteria have a no fags allowed rule? And JD immediately comes back with, uh, well, uh, they also seem to have an open door policy for assholes, though, don't they? (laughs) It's like quick on your feet, quick on your feet, baby. And he's like, what did you say, dickhead? And he's like, oh, I'll repeat myself. And he stands, sighs, pulls out a gun and shoots them. (sighs) Which is amazing. So then we find out in the next scene that it's blanks. And he actually gave them the good scare, you know, which is mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, and we find this out over another round of croquet with the Heathers. And we find out that um, like they all think they, like he should go to jail. And Veronica's standing up for him because he really got in there like that one little, little greetings and salutations, bitch. Like he really he slid his way in the door. The DMs were open. <laughs> And um, we also find out that Green Heather tried to take Red Heather's color, which is like a huge defiance in the making. We were like, whoa, power struggle. What's going on there? And we also find out that now Veronica is getting her shot at a Remington party, which is the local college. It's a big deal when you're a junior in high school, guys. Kind of wild. Look out. Look out. So crazy. (laughs) 
This is also where we see that Veronica has her first scene in which you see her parents and they have the weirdest relationship. It's so weird. <laughs> um, it's basically the same dialogue over and over again, but with like different objects. And every time Veronica ends the conversation with like jokingly calling her dad an idiot and him being like, oh, that's right. Um, this time, though, they do ask about prom and Veronica says there might be a dark horse in the running. A nice dark young love is like really blooming here. Shooting the jocks really did something for her. And I get that. I get that. So Veronica and the Red Heather are the only ones going to this party and they stop at a gas station. And wouldn't you know, JD's there just hanging out. He mentioned that he knows gas stations well because they're only constant in his nomad life. We find out he's moved a lot with his dad's construction company and he buys her a slushie. Red Heather once again is pissed. Like, yeah, yeah. Gate, she's gatekeeping Veronica, basically. And Veronica admits that she doesn't really like her friends. They are people I work with and our job is being popular. Yeah. And he says to her, maybe you should take a vacation. Which is wonderful. Just like, mm, take a break. So I'm going to go over the Remington party quickly because I hate it. I hate the scene. Yeah, it does set up good. the rest of the movie. It's, it's awful. awful. It's so bad. Um, there's no chemistry with any of these guys. And then it just gets so date rapey so fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I hate it. But we do get this iconic moment of Veronica where she says, I want to kill. It's not just a spoke in my menstrual cycle. I get oh, yeah. It. I get Same. it, queen. Um, she says, I have come to a realization that all of these people choose to ignore. I must stop Heather. Killing Heather would be like offing the Wicked Witch of the West. We flash back to the party. She like leaves her like, little date rapey situation. And then she pukes on Red Heather's shoes, which is like a huge problem. Yeah. How dare you? I'm the queen. Um, they get into a huge fight and Heather says, you were nothing before me. You and Betty Finn were playing Barbies. You were a bluebird. You were a brownie. You were a Girl Scout cookie. Go off. You literally go off. Just so um, it's just poetic as hell, like female rage done right, you know. Agreed. Uh, she then says, Monday morning, your history, which we then find out that journaling is done like after the party in which JD climbs through the window. He's always just like showing up everywhere, which is kind of funny to me. Um, he just like pops up. He's like, hey, girl. Um, so he invites her to play some croquet and then becomes strip croquet. Cro <laughs> cocaine. Um, it then becomes strip croquet in which they then like bone afterwards, which I also get like go off. Um, Veronica feels vulnerable and opens up about how she didn't skip a grade because they were nervous she wouldn't make friends and now she's stuck with these friends. And JD says, Red Heather is one bitch that deserves to die. Just like, get to the point, I guess. Veronica's like, nah, I'm good, but I would like to see her puke her guts out. Which, like, I guess fair retribution in a way. Yeah, I guess she watched her puke. Her brains out before we move away from this yeah. scene too the mm -hmm. jd like coming through the window scene is very similar to um billy loomis coming through sydney's window yeah. in like the yeah, opening yeah. scenes of scream very similar you always, vibes you gotta have a bad boy coming through your window or else are you even doing high school right you know <laughs> uh that didn't happen to me so i guess i played too much world of warcraft and <laughs> you know <laughs> true 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 um, so the next morning, they let themselves into Red Heather's house uh, to create a puke worthy concoction. Veronica floats orange juice and milk, which does not sound great, but she use she uses the phrase. What's the up chat up Chuck factor on that? <laughs> which is just something that I think about every time I eat food because the tism gets me and I'm like, oh, what's the up chat factor on this? <laughs> So he then floats drain cleaner. Maybe <laughs> not the very same. Very different vibes. Yeah, maybe yeah. not the same. <laughs> so of course, like she tells him to stop being a dick, and he pours a glass anyway. Uh, Veronica at all points thinks he's joking. She pours her glass, and these glasses have lids on them, which like number one an issue. Um, so could we all take a guess at which cup gets picked up? <laughs> Who would have thought? 
Uh, JD recognizes this, but he doesn't stop her, right? So we then journey to Heather's bedroom, and she wakes up looking, like, angelic as hell, too. Like, very, like, Madonna's, like, a virgin, like, just killing it. Yeah. Like, like she slept, like, 25 hours and, like, has yeah, never been tired just- a day in her life. Her curls are like still perfect. Her like blue eyeshadow is still great. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um. So she wakes up and they offer her this cup. And of course, there's like some slight pushback. But she takes the cup to like prove that she's not a chicken, which is really hilarious. I've never felt the need to like prove I'm not a chicken in a way of like ingesting something. But like go off. <laughs> like I just don't I don't think that, like, that I don't you should do that. Exactly. Yeah, like maybe like if someone's like, you should eat this and like they're really pushy about it, like don't do that because that's just like maybe not a great idea. Yeah, that probably means something bad is gonna happen. Right? Like I don't I don't know anyone except for like maybe moms to young children, like forcing them to eat vegetables who like would do that and it would not not on good terms, you know? Also, at this point, we've known JD for like two days. And he's have we like, even known him for two days? This is like the second day we've known him. Yeah, and he's like in her house offering her a beverage. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I mean, he just, he knows what he wants and he goes after it, you know? He's not, a, he's a guy who's not afraid to take what he wants. A true alpha male. Giggity. <laughs> so, um, the effect is instantaneous immediately of course and she takes one step and then falls directly through her glass table just never to get up again like see you later have a good one yeah the uh falling through the glass table scene is iconic that yeah. also comes up in scream actually in one of the Doesn't later it? screams uh i think it's scream i feel like it's like four. a good horror movie because like the glass goes everywhere it's like a big thing yeah it's yeah it's like one of those things where you look at a glass table and you're like, I don't want any, I don't want to fuck with that. So I, I don't get want it. That anywhere near me. Yep. I don't trust them. I have dogs. I don't trust them. Not one bit. <laughs> <laughs> so Veronica says, I just killed my best friend. And JD's like, and your worst enemy. And she's like, same difference. <laughs> 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 Which I just, you know, we've all been through high school, I guess. We feel it. Um, so then they quickly realize they have to frame this as a suicide and Veronica with her little note writing skills whips up a quick note. And as they go over some of the details, the comedy really gets me because JD starts musing and he's like, to me though, suicide is the natural answer to the myriad of problems life has given me. And Veronica's like, that's good. But Heather would never use the word myriad. And uh, JD's like, this is the last thing she'll ever write. She wants to use as many 50 cent words as possible. And she's like, she missed Myriad on the vocab test two weeks ago. And he's like, that's my point. This word is a badge for her failures at school. Like, it's just so funny. (laughs) And the fact that she like knows that she missed Myriad is really hilarious to me, too. Like, I don't think I knew like what any of my friends like tests or homework was like but like they're they're also far up each other's ass is like doing her homework also you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i feel like yeah you know, Veron- like she knows all of like her hand at least my thought she knows her handwriting so well and has copied it so many times and is good at that because she needs to do that for her frequently yeah you're probably right about that for sure but then why would she not just like do the right word to make oh, it believable well yeah. I also wonder if it was like a test and they're like in the same class. Oh, it's not yeah, like yeah. it's not like where we went to high school where we had like 8K people in our fucking graduating. Well, that's an exaggeration, but yeah. there was a lot. Uh, it was it was like we over almost 2K. Yeah, almost 2K. Yeah. I mean, we had 5,000 kids in our high school alone. Yep. It was a lot. It was a lot. That's but for it's damn not sure. Like that. They all seem to like know each other. True, true. Um, So they write this note that makes Heather out to be more substantial, I guess, than she really is. Which is a funny position to be in. They make her like a martyr, a saint, a nice girl who was just drowning in the real world. Really, the truth is the opposite opposite. And she's like the boot that holds the other kids underwater, (laughs) uh, which is hilarious. Um, And this, of course, sets the school in a tizzy. The school board, though, has a meeting in which they are trying to find adequate morning time uh, to see if they can, like, cancel school. And this Heather isn't a cheerleader. And the principal's like, damn, I'd be willing to go half a day for a cheerleader, Cheerleader. which is it's just so 
Like what? Also, okay. they're all smoking cigarettes during the meeting, which like <laughs> have me going. Like I said in the recent episode, they were for your health. Yeah. So the beast is killed, basically, right? And we now see Green Heather is like eating freely, like bulimia gone. The wind is hitting her hair right. She feels the sun again on her skin. Uh, it's like within the Heathers, there's this new sense of freedom because they really are just the next oppressive boot, you know? And um, the rest of the school seems to be sad. Like they didn't realize they didn't know the real Heather kind of scenario yeah um but we're also at this time introduced to the craziest art teacher in america (laughs) she takes all of this shit to the most extreme at one point she passes her suicide note around the class as an opportunity to talk about their feelings which is insane to me like absolutely fucking nuts yeah um we also find out that Green Heather has been interviewed about this, like really experiencing a come up in clout. Yeah, they're literally like every single news station. And she says the same thing in like a different font, yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Like they're best friends and all this stuff, which of course they're not. Like she wasn't even eating because of her. And at this point, we're at JD's house watching the news and we meet his father, who is so weird. Yeah. Just, oh, so just their relationship is weird. Well, yeah, that's yeah. So like he calls his dad's son and the dad calls him father or pop. He calls him pop. Right. Um, And we kind of find out his dad doesn't have any respect for history or life. Like he's very destruction crew mindset 24 seven. And um, he also always has a lot to say about people who care about protecting history, which like, I guess, to each his own. But he's like very violent about it from the get go. Um, So anyway, at this point, JD's like, well, son, why don't you invite a friend for dinner? Right. Like talking about Veronica, like it's very like they just have such a weird relationship. Yeah. And um, Veronica's like, I can't. My mom's making my favorite meal. And JD at this point says that's nice the last time i saw my mom she was waving from a library window in texas right pop and uh, our right son and the dad's vibe gets like super weird and he's like right son like flipping the dynamic like atrocious vibes yeah and it does not feel great you're like mm, something's wrong about that some i don't know my vibe meter's going off it's not great and then we go home to have another weird convo with her parents. Her dad this time's like, why do I smoke these damn things? Talking about cigs. And Veronica's like, oh, because you're an idiot. It's like just the same thing over and over again, which is just so funny to me. Yeah. Because that's also kind of how it is. Like when you have like neglectful parents. I don't know. That's kind of like a harsh thing to say. Or like parents who aren't like super active in your life. Like every day you basically have like the same conversation and you rely on like the same bits. Yeah, so I think that they did that really well. So now we're at Red Heather's funeral and the priest is played by the interior decorator from Beetlejuice. And he's just as flamboyant in this role as well. Yeah. Otho. Otho. Yeah. He does a wonderful job. Uh, he doesn't blame Heather. He blames society and he hopes that the teens find that righteous dude. Jesus Christ. <laughs> righteous dude. That righteous dude. He's in the book. So funny. Which is also such like an 80s joke. Like he's in the book, like a telephone book, but it's the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's in the book. So then we have a montage of the teens praying in which Ram, the jock, says, dear God, why did you have to kill such hot snatch? (laughs) Yeah. Like Jesus Christ. (laughs) Dear God. Dear God. How, and then he's like, it's just a joke. God, people are so sensitive, which is amazing because like even in 1989, when people said terrible things, it was a people are so sensitive nowadays, which is like still what people do now, which I think yeah. is really funny. Like, well, these days, society, people are just so serious. They're just so sensitive all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's been literally the shitty guy comeback since at least 1989 on record. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Which is wild. So Green Heather admits in her prayer that she's prayed a million times about this. And she always felt bad, but she kept doing it. And now she says she knows God was listening. Praise (laughs) Jesus. Hallelujah. Which is 
uh, I don't think just... that's what you should be using your religion for, but go off. Well, we all know anyway. <laughs> but also, also now, like, that's her motivation, right? She feels so valid, like, even in Christ, like, this is what she's supposed to be doing. Yeah. And then Veronica, of course, is super guilty. And she's like, I just wanted my high school to be a nice place. Like, it is sad that like this is the scenario that they're all in kind of thing except for ram fuck ram um and you might have noticed i haven't talked much about yellow heather um and that's because until now she's just not really that noticeable like she's in scenes she just doesn't really have like a lot to say we don't know a lot about her and at this funeral which like is a funeral for what should be their best friend but like none of them are really even phased which just shows you again how much it's like a job um at the funeral she invites veronica on a double date with her and kirk and ram and by invite i do mean guilt trip yeah fully um which uh, you know who we wouldn't have to guilt trip um ambie you know (laughs) (laughs) would have agreed immediately let's go let's do it i got you so veronica goes and it's basically the same vibes as remington it's a terrible date she only goes as long as they agree that they aren't going to get shit faced and take them to a pasture to tip cows and like that's exactly what happens right they find themselves in that scenario the Uh, the cow tipping made me sad i literally there's a million reasons to hate those characters but it's top of the list for me agreed like get the fuck out of here i hate it and it's not made any better that they tip the cows right into a cow pie and splatter the girls with shit yeah i would lose it i would lose it for sure yeah so veronica leaves of course and there's jd again showing up hanging out may I ask a question and... about that scene yeah of course when veronica's going to leave mm-hmm. and the one dude's with the one girl on the ground yeah was he saying her um so there's kind of a consensus about it because she does necessarily not seem comfortable seems like she's fight like seems like she's trying to push him off of her yeah um i would say in uh, like now in these times i would consider it yeah like he's like assaulting her basically yeah okay but like in 1989 standards it was like he oh just boys would be a boy you know like that kind of thing and i think that's like the whole part of it it's like you're supposed to see it in like be uncomfortable about it yeah kind of scenario um but she doesn't really um see it i think once again it's like 1989 so like a lot of women wouldn't have like maybe thought that it was assault and she's like upset about stuff later if that makes sense like about him not being around spoilers to the spoiler episode but (laughs) it's it's very complicated but yeah i would when watching that i i and to block that part out because it makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah, same. But okay, sorry. But. No, you're fine. Yeah. So D- JD shows up and he's like, "What's going on here?" And she's like, "I was doing a favor for Heather." And he's like, "Lord, another Heather. Seven schools in seven states, and the only thing that's different is my locker combination." And then he looks at her and he's like, "Our love is God. Let's go get a slushy," which is my favorite line in the whole movie. I use it all the time. Great line. Um, because you know, I was like, "Oh, shit's going around. Everything's terrible. Our love is God. Let's go get a slushy." Also, I really enjoy slushies, so I think same. I'm I'm a little biased. They They're just make everything vibe. better, you know. They, they reset the vibe. Agreed. Um. So we find out the next morning that the school newspaper, which is ran by Mr. Mosey, Mosby from *The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody*, which is hilarious to see him as a kid um he isn't letting the suicide go right the number one song in the nation is teenage suicide by big fun and they aren't letting their big time go like that so they asked veronica if she had any poems or artwork for the paper and she says i don't know this stuff leaves a bad taste in my mouth and a girl giggles and goes just like last night which like sister yeah 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 get out of here so we come to find out that kirk told everyone uh he and ram had a little sword fight in your mouth last night which like fucking literally hate it it's awful veronica hates it of course like she's pissed um and like honestly like i guess y'all deserve to die (laughs) see you later have a good one 
So Veronica and JD then at this point concoct a plan. Veronica is now so turned on by the idea of a threesome. She has to have them in the woods behind the school. She's under the impression how that would work, right? Like she's upset about this. Like they spread a rumor and she's like, hell yeah, I want to do that. She's like, yeah, she's like, I didn't know that what she she like talks to him on the phone. She's like, I didn't know you guys were in stuff like that. Like she plays it very well. She does. So she's under this impression that they will be shooting them with blanks to scare them again, just like in the beginning of the movie. But JD is not playing. Right. So he tells her he has these special bullets that are just tranquilizers. And um they're making up this story about how these jocks are in love with each other. Veronica writes in Kirk's handwriting, Ram and I died the day we realized we could never reveal our forbidden love to an uncaring, ununderstanding world. The joy we shared in each other's arms was greater than any touchdown, yet we were forced to live these lives of sexist, beer-guzzling jock assholes. <laughs> We love Great. it. We do love it. Um, and so they're setting up this scene and JD, this iconic dialogue. It's so good. He says, well, uh, let's take a look at some of these homosexual artifacts I dug up to plant yeah, at the scene. Yeah, this turns so part. good. It's so good. And he picks up the shopping bag and he starts pulling items out of it. And he's like, all right, I got an issue of stud puppy, which is hilarious. <laughs> what a hilarious title. Um, a candy dish, Joan Crawford postcards. Let's see some mascara. All right. And here's the one perfecto thing I picked up. Mineral, mineral water. <laughs> True. And she's like, oh, come on. A lot of people drink mineral water. Yeah, but this is Ohio. I mean, if you don't have brewski in your hand, you might as well be wearing a dress. <laughs> Which is <laughs> so true. It's still true, like even today, basically. Like Ohio has not changed at all in eight like since eighty-nine. Nope. If you're not holding a brewski, might as well be wearing a dress. As if people can't do both, okay? How dare you? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so the boys show up like dumbasses. Why would you not realize it was a trap? Hello? Anyway. Hello. Because they're not smart. They're not smart. They're, Why? Not, they're not smart. They they should have read that that issue as stud puppy. They could have learned a couple things. <laughs> so the boys show up and Ram gets shot like immediately. Right. Like she's like, all right, boys, go to your corners and then rush at me. And then like they just JG just pops out of a tree and just shoots Ram like square in the throat, like perfect aim. Um, and of course, that causes uh, Kirk to run off. And um, I don't know why I called him Kirk. His name is Kurt, but go off, I guess. Um, so they cause a chase scene to happen and JD ends up like catching him and, and turning him around. And Veronica caught up in the moment ends up killing him as well because, you know, she's scared of shit. Um, and the cops are nearby hotboxing their car. <laughs> Fucking love it. Which is great. Um, and they hear the shots. So, of course, they respond to it. They run into the woods. But Bonnie and Clyde are already making out in their car by this point, And the cop leaves them be. And he, like, returns to the scene. Even though in that moment, he, like, tells his other cop buddy, like, I got some kids making out. And should I just leave them alone? And he's like, yeah, leave them alone. And he's like, well, are they naked? And it's like, brother. Like, my brother in Christ, they are children. Hello. Yeah, it's awful. So the cop returns back to the scene and he's like so what's the deal and the other officers like suicide double suicide they shot each other and the officer recognizes him he's like hey that's kurt kelly and the guy's like yeah and that's the linebacker ram sweeney and it's like my god suicide why and the cop holds up the bottle of mineral water and does this answer your question <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and the, uh, the other officer immediately goes oh man they were fags and it's like oh serious yeah when i tell you that scene actually put me in tears like i had to <laughs> pause the tv and catch because first off i'm mm -hmm. a gay man so it's just i love the mm -hmm. word fag and i don't know why i, too. I just yeah. think it is hysterical i think it's for so long after hearing it used against you so many times, it just the the humor in it is so good. Yeah, it just like came out of nature. Oh man, they were fags, uh, dude! Yeah. I was actually had to catch my breath. I was laughing <laughs> so hard at that scene. It was phenomenal. I actually think that was the first time I ever heard that word 
not sorry that sounds not what i'm trying to say that was the first time i'd ever heard that word being used not at me and i thought mm-hmm. it was hilarious yeah yeah like in like a was, concept like that yeah right where it was like oh this is just funny like the fact that like people like will just dull down anything like mineral water oh you're like come on so yeah it's actually it's it's definitely one of my favorite words because i just think that it's god it's just so funny i don't know why once you take the power from it it's like this is hilarious like yeah. it's just so funny oh yeah um so yeah so all it took was one bottle of mineral water and is like oh my gosh so but what was also really funny is like they both then like both of the cops get like really upset about it and they're like the quarterback buggering the linebacker and it's like what a waste oh the humanity <laughs> Which is so like that's what me. we're upset about. Not that two people died. We're just upset. They literally are dead. Yeah. Literally, I think that's I think that's the dichotomy of like what makes them like calling them a fag is so funny is because it's like, yeah, they're they're these are dead kids yeah. in front of you. You're you're literally looking at dead kids in front of you, and you've now asked if two other kids were naked in a car ma- making out and then now they're gay. And like you don't care about the dead kids, like it's so wild. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's it's just so funny, especially like knowing they're both like stoned out of their brains too. It's also really funny. Um, so Veronica realizes after this how dumb she was in believing JD and his trank bullets, and he manipulates her because you know now she's pulled a trigger and she always wanted them dead anyway, right? Um, and they find out that school has been canceled. And then the next scene is at their double funeral in which they have football helmets on and they're holding a football, which to me is just (laughs) so funny. And Kirk's dad is like weeping over his casket and he's like, my son's a homosexual and I love him. I love my dead gay son. (laughs) Which like, um, you know, the super progressive, you know, just immediately, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I love my dead gay son. It's so funny. Um, so Veronica then writes in her diary that her teen angst has a body count, which also wonderful. Um, suicide gave Heather depth, Kirk a soul, and Ram a brain. I have no control with date JD. Are we going to prom or are we going to hell? Which like both, both baby. And uh, also, didn't we all feel like that in high school? Like, am I going to prom or am I going to hell? Like, it's so <laughs> iconic. So the school board now realizing that, like, their quarterback and uh, linebacker are d- dead. So they, they chuck the day. You know, the kids can have the day. Um, but on Friday, they're now going to let the art teacher have her love in. Instead of a lock-in, it's a love-in. So all of the kids in the calf are led by the art teacher to hold each other's hands and come together. But of course, she brings the media in. It's yeah. like a whole damn mess. You got to get your perks for, for doing exactly. that. You know? They're all just clout goblins. It's so funny. Oh, yeah. Um, at this point, we do see Martha uh, running away and like hiding. And JD goes and says hi to her with the, his iconic greetings and salutations. Um, we do finally get to hear this catchy song, Teenage Suicide, Don't Do It. So hilarious. A jam, um, really. I had also, to see if that was a real song. It's not, which sucks. Yeah. But that is, it's the same vibe in Jennifer's body. Through the tree. True. <laughs> Same idea, like this stupid song, um, which the lyrics are teenage suicide. Don't do it. Teenage suicide. She blew it, which is hilarious. Like you you blew your life. Oh, so funny. Uh. Um, After this, we go back to JD's house where his dad, creepy ass dad, shows his latest victory. He finally blew up this local hotel. He put a Norwegian bomb in the broiler and thermals in the upper levels. Uh... JD then admits to Veronica that his own mother walked into a building two minutes before her dad blew it up. She knew what she was doing, which is really sad that like he has a memory of his mom doing that. But uh, he then acts like insanely manic and like shoots his radio and Veronica dumps him. She's like, all right, enough. I've had enough. Sorry about your mom. What's like same, bro? 
I get it. I probably would have left before, you know, with the murders, but... You, yeah, you know the killing people, but, you know, you're also a good time to fake. leave. You're We're fake. You don't deserve Jason. I would have gone to go <laughs> back with Jason. Oh. I'd have, Listen, I'd you would still for I don't want to be lectured. Yo, relax. <laughs> no, I'm like a sensitive ass bitch. The minute he he did even like the blank gunshots, I'd have been like, okay, I'm not interested. You're fucking crazy. <laughs> I'm out. Like, Listen, the blanks, the blanks had me. I was like, hell yeah, send him to the docks. Like, do what you got to do, baby. I get it. It's just me and you, boo. But then it's like, oh, um, you just keep murdering everyone I know. So well, like, it would have depended on how good the croquet strip sex was. If that was just phenomenal, then we might have a little more tolerance. Honestly, you're right. I probably I stuck around through. No, I was just kidding. I've never <laughs> stuck around. <through. laughs> I've stuck around for some bad shit, I guess. But um, I get that for sure. I listen. Any like, fifteen year old Sarah when she watched this, like. Like little emo boys. Mm. I oh, would have yeah. stuck around for a lot. That's probably 100%. true. Especially you're killing people in my honor. Huh. We love to see hey. My man. <laughs> That's my man. Yeah, I stand by that. Is that your man? Mm-hmm. And I'm a stick beside him. <laughs> I love that. That's mine. That's mine. He's like, look at the screen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um... So she says to him, don't come to school and don't mess with me, right? We're putting up boundaries. We love a queen. The next day, we do see JD showing Green Heather pictures of her and Martha Dumbtruck when she was little. They were friends before her popularity. And um, JD blackmails Green Heather into taking her power and taking the helm of the lead Heather. Uh, she's like, why would you do this? And he's like, don't worry. One day I'll need a favor. And then he gives her the red hair tie from OG Red Heather. Which, like, wouldn't you be like, where'd you get this from? Yeah. How do you have this on your person? How do you have this, weird person? <laughs> um, but she's happy about it, of course. She wants to be in power. Um, so now there's a new Red Heather in town, and she means business, baby. Yeah, she really does. Hits the ground running. Mm-hmm. She does not waste any time. I like how like they assume the red Heather title when they become the leader. They like assume the yeah. red color. <laughs> yeah, well, red is power, so you know. Yeah, yeah. As an Aries, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Veronica sees this hair tie and realizes that the cycle has continued. She then calls her old friend Betty Finn over to play croquet and they have like a really nice tender moment where it's like, hey, sorry that I like dumped you for my new friends. She's like, hey, it's fine. They're probably more interesting. And it's like, don't say that. Like they're like, that's like very sweet. Um, and then the other Heathers show up and the new red Heather has like a new red attitude match and it's just they just ruin it all. Yeah. Tender moment. Fuck your tender moment. Yeah. It then cuts to Martha having um, like a, just a really bad day. She like dumps stuff on herself. She's like by herself in the auditorium all alone. And um, it then cuts to the media coverage of the art teacher saying, before a teenager decides to kill himself, there are things he should know. This is a matter that affects all of us. And there's only one chance to get it right. Oh, God. Which, like Jesus Christ. And so we flash back to Martha walking into traffic with a suicide note taped to her chest. And mm. this is the part of the movie that's like the darkest for me. Like the murders and stuff like are crazy, but like the one person who needed help not getting it. Yeah. Like it's so depressing. It's so depressing. Um, luckily, this attempt did fail. Um, but the whole school now thinks it's a case of like a geek trying to imitate the popular kids. Which just it's like so depressing. Yeah. It's they awful. treat it they treat it like a joke. Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, it's all it's all a joke. Um New Red Heather is a total bitch about it, and she says every Nimrod should follow in Martha's steps, and Veronica slaps the shit out of her. Yeah, but she deserved it. She deserved it. I slap her again, honestly, for me. Just one time. And then, like, they kind of d divert over in this radio show called Hot Probs. 
comes on and yellow Heather, who's not with them currently, she's called into the show under a different name. And she is complaining about her problems and she's like, God has cursed me. I think the last guy I had sex with killed himself the next day. I'm failing math. I was supposed to be cheerleading captain. Like she's like clearly going through it, like has like a lot of guilt about all of this stuff. And Veronica's like feels bad. And she's like, she knows we listen to the show. Like this is like, like should like, you know, feels awful about it. And fucking the red Heather is like, oh, my God, we'll crucify her. Like slap her again. Yes, let her be round two. Like, oh my God, give her the old one, too. And Veronica at this point has realized like the cycle has continued. We cut off the head of one Heather and another one showed up. And then Heather told everyone about Heather. Luckily, there's only two Heathers now. It's not that bad. But Veronica is realizing that the Heather's power struggle will always happen. Like, it's just going to keep happening. And she follows Yellow Heather into the bathroom where she's trying to take pills to end it. Like, this is once again, like an actual genuine suicide attempt. Heather says to her, suicide is a private thing. And Veronica says, you're throwing your life away to be autistic on the U.S. fucking A today. That's about the least private thing I can think of. Which, like... She's correct. True. I mean, yep. to become, you know, to become another number. Um, JD then calls his favor in on the queen to sign a petition to get the band Big Fun to come play their hit single. Right. Because, I mean, the town with all the teen suicide should surely have a bop session, you know, and um, she takes this job in stride. She gets every single one of them to sign this petition. She lied to everyone about it, about like hot tubs and the lunchroom and a smoking pit out in the back. Like she lies to everyone. And Veronica calls her on it and she tells her it was JD's idea. And Verona, Veronica asks her, why are you being such a mega bitch? Yeah. Which I love. Mega bitch. So good. And, uh, Ver- and Heather says back to her, because I can. She's like, yikes, um, she's drunk with power now. Yes, exactly. And then she asks Veronica why she's pulling her dick. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Insanely good line. Mm-hmm. Why are you pulling my dick right now? It's just so funny. Um, JD then, when Veronica turns around, is right there again, because homie's just always lurking. He's lurking and stalking when you least expect it, ladies. He's waiting for his girl. Mm-hmm. And he asks her out. And he's like, you want to do some mini golf? And she says, I was actually thinking about slitting Red Heather's wrist. And he's like, I've already been underlining copies and I've already been underlining lines in her copy of Moby Dick. If you catch my drift, like just a straight up plan and another murder. And Veronica's like, leave me alone. I actually don't want to do that. It was just a joke. And like, you got to love that. She then gets home and her parents finally actually talk to her at like a real level and is like, are you okay? Your friend Jason Dean stopped by and he said he was worried about you to keep you away from sharp objects and all these things. And he leaves her a note. And in this note, it says, recognize this handwriting. And he's written this note in her handwriting. Yeah. So it's a threat. (laughs) He's threatening her. She then like runs to her room and there's like a Barbie hanging from her fan. It's like a real threat. Um, and so she falls asleep. Has she when she wakes up, uh, he's in her room reading from Moby Dick. And she flips and is like, get off my bed, you psycho. You think you're a rebel. You're not a rebel. You're psychotic. And he's like, you say tomato. I say tomato. (laughs) Which is so funny. Uh, He then drags her to new Heather's house and grabs a knife in which she's like, are you crazy? I know Heather. She would never kill herself with a knife that dirty, which is hilarious. Oh, before they get to that part, too, they're talking about what was underlined in the book. And he says, Eskimo, I'm underlining Eskimo. Yeah. Which comes up again later and it's really funny. Yeah, it's the it's the perfect isolation. It's just it's not even it's not even a full sentence. What a genius. Yeah. Love that. Um he then like he like cleans the knife off and he runs into new Red Heather's room and he locks the door behind him like full serial killer mode mm-hmm. and then we flash to the funeral and the priest is in full garb The whole, they're all wearing like 3D glasses it's a fever dream and the priest is going off about uh, 
her dramatic underlining. And that's when he brings up Eskimo again. Yeah. And um, I didn't write down exactly what he says. Do you have it? Um, no. Hold on. He basically just says, you know, like it's how do I even explain it? Uh, he's like talking about Moby Dick and he talks about how life sucks. And he just keeps repeating the word Eskimo over and over again. Because he's like, it's so isolating. Eskimo, Eskimo, Eskimo. Like, it's just fever dream. Like, full yeah. fever dream. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, the old red Heather stands next to Veronica and says, is this funeral week or what? I had at least 70 more people at my funeral. Go off, queen. And then <laughs> Veronica wakes up. Finally, this has all, has all been a dream. No one's died yet. Everyone's good. Um, but then Veronica wakes up and kills herself. Yep. Just just a quick little death. Um, she's like super shaken out from this dream. So she hatches another plan, another plan. So she fakes she fake kills herself. Um, she hangs herself from the spot where the Barbie was hanging and JD climbs through her window gun at the ready and it's very like Romeo and Juliet but like dark like an opposite right like at this point now he's like oh I never I couldn't believe that you've done this like I even though I was coming up here to kill you yeah like, that was my favorite part I was coming up here to shoot you but mm-hmm. but why have you done this yeah. why would why have you done this and then he spills his whole plan the petition was actually a group suicide pact our burning bodies will be the ultimate protest to a society that degrades us not very subtle but neither is blowing up a whole school <laughs> yeah <laughs> true a woodstock for the 80s we could have toasted marshmallows together <laughs> <laughs> so funny her mother then calls out for dinner and walks to find her and then she starts like confessing all the things she did wrong as a mother Oh, yeah, because she, like, finds your dead body. Yeah, Yeah, she, like, realizes. Hanging from the ceiling fan, by the way, which, like, what a fucking tough ceiling fan. I could not. I mean, yeah, that's hefty. Yeah, quality ceiling fan there. Quality work in the 80s there. Yep. Um, And then she, like, gets herself out of the noose, and she's like, hey, mom. Yeah, she's like, see, why the long face, basically? Like, everything's fine. Why are you crying, dog? You good? We're good, dude. So then we see JD like making his bombs and then we see the school filling up the next day. Veronica sees JD in the hallway, like making his way place to place uh, and putting these bombs up and devices a plan. And this is like the final scene, like the final act. It's now started and she finds him stashing a Norwegian bomb in the broiler and thermals in the upper levels. Apple doesn't fall far, far from the tree, you know, inspired yeah. by his father. Yeah, like ba- like play by play. And um, she like accosts him, right? She has a gun on him and he's like, he pulls a me because I can never talk. And he's like, damn it. I knew that loose was too noose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they fight over her gun and they have like this physical altercation. He knocks her the fuck out. Like, she's just down for the count. And he continues to put all these bombs everywhere. And um, the auditorium above them is, like, full of cheering students. They have no idea what's going on beneath them at all. And Veronica wakes up to find one minute and 45 minutes left on the bomb. Veronica has a gun on him, and she asks him how to disable it. And he flips her off, and she shoots off his middle finger. Which which is just... We love to see it. We love to see it. Bad ass bitch. <laughs> and he says, you want to clean the slate like I do? Sure. Maybe I'm killing everyone because no one loves me, which like good introspection. Maybe we should journal it out. <laughs> there. Um, it's a hell of a drug. Hell of a drug. But let's face it. It's the only time everyone will get along. That's in heaven. People are going to look at the ashes of the school and say they didn't do this because of society, but because the school was society. It's pretty deep, huh? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so then he like tells her how to sc- tr- like turn it off. They're screaming at each other like press the red button, press the red button. Um, and she's like, you know what I want, babe? 
and he's like, what? And he stabs the bomb and then she shoots him and she's like, cool guys like you out of my life. Love it. <laughs> Go off. The bomb is then deactivated. Everyone is saved. And then she leaves the school and somehow JD walks out behind her like he's just, just he's just he's bulletproof. He's killing it. And at that point, we're like, how did you not get shot? Well, that's because he's wearing a bomb vest. Homeboy yep. is wired up. And um, he tells her now that he's impressed by her. She has power he didn't think she had. And he says to her, pretend I did blow up the school. Now that you're dead, what are you going to do with your life? And they kind of chuckle. And then she puts a cig in her mouth and waits for it to light. Yep. Love it. Which, like, that's so me-coded. Which is so me-coded. It's hilarious. It's like, well, now that you're dead, what are you going to do? It's like, I'm going to light up a cig and wait, dog. Like, don't even worry about it. <laughs> um, so they share, like, this one last chuckle, and he blows up. Yep. <laughs> he dies. R.E.P. R.E.P. to the to the uh, the hot homie. Um, and yeah. she walks back into school, and she runs into Red Heather, who says, Veronica, you look like hell. And she's like, yeah, I just got back. <laughs> so good. She then steals the red tie from Heather's hair and says, there's a new sheriff in town and gives her a big old kiss on the cheek. We love. 